Star Wars 7 by 7 episode number 1966. So we got a cover story from Entertainment Weekly, and we have a new TV spot for The Rise of Skywalker. Let's talk about what new things we've learned. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So this is one of those rare ones. You don't hear me talk about this on the show too much, but as I am standing here recording for you, I am running a 99.8 degree fever. Not, you know... <laughs> Not enough to put me flat on my back for extended periods of time, but, you know, just enough to make this a little bit interesting. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes and see how many takes it takes me to get through this particular episode. But we're here not to talk about me and the fever I'm running. We're here to talk about the Entertainment Weekly cover story and also The End, which is the new TV spot. And if you have only been watching this TV spot on Twitter or Instagram, I highly encourage you to go to the official YouTube account for Star Wars because as opposed to the square versions that you're seeing, you get to see the widescreen version and it matters for scenes like, for example, that amazing jump that Rey makes through the magnetic field of what is presumably a Star Destroyer landing bay and out to where the Millennium Falcon is floating in space. Well, what you can't see in the Instagram and Twitter versions is the fact that Finn is standing on the lowered entry ramp of the Falcon and the you know quick look that I had at it and you're trying to pause it and go frame by frame it looks like he's got on the infamous oxygen masks that we saw Han and Chewie and Leia wearing when they were inside the belly of the Exogorth in the Empire Strikes Back in that asteroid field right so he's actually standing on the ramp reaching out for her while she's jumping across space to get to him and you can't see Finn in the Twitter or Instagram versions of the video so yeah head over to YouTube because you're gonna see a lot more and since we're already talking about visuals well let's talk about the fact that Kef Beer which is the moon where we see the Death Star wreckage that really is shaping up to be possibly a climactic space for the rise of Skywalker because now we're seeing scenes of that with lightning flashing around where the Star Destroyers are and where the horses, the um, Orbax, the, yeah, I think that's what they are, those crazy space horses that Janna and Finn and a bunch of other folks are riding, which they are running along a piece of Death Star wreckage. This is according to Naomi Aki, so yeah, it's not on the body of a Star Destroyer, it's actually on Death Star 2 wreckage. But we have all of those Star Fighters and all of those Star Destroyers, and it does look like with all the lightning flashing around that this may be the climactic moment of the movie or the climactic space of the movie to you know put it another way there is a scene in one of the earlier bits of footage where kylo ren is walking away from his spaceship and it looks all dark and stormy and it's the same kind of ground that we see ray hanging out on when faced with the palpatine throne like the very crazy spiky throne and might be where you know whatever I'm assuming it's a reticulated chair, like an actual moving chair carrying Palpatine and the laughter hearing. Like, that all seems to be happening in the same place. So, Kefir really seems like it is you know, a major part of this story. Even though J.J. Abrams says that 
There are full action sequences for which we have not seen a lick of footage just yet. So there are still many, many secrets being kept by Lucasfilm and all the parties <laughs> involved in this whole set of shenanigans. And speaking of JJ, JJ said that they knew they were going to be on a bit of a time crunch comparatively because they had three fewer months of production for episode 9 than they did for episode 7. But he also said that the reshoots for episode 9 did not take as long as the reshoots for episode 7, and that there were fewer story adjustments for episode 9 as compared to episode 7. So that, of course, indicates that things have gone a lot more smoothly. And yet, and yet, despite that, he also says that this movie has a lot more ambition, comparatively speaking. And that's kind of a shocking statement in a way because, you know, The Force Awakens had to be pretty ambitious, but I guess there is a case to be made for, you know, saying The Force Awakens played it safe in some ways because of all the story beats that kind of, you know, mirrored what happened in A New Hope. But you and I have talked about how it isn't just A New Hope, that is actually kind of the entire prequel trilogy plus A New Hope that's getting mirrored in the events of The Force Awakens. But to hear him say that this is a more ambitious movie and also, um, and I don't think this was in the Entertainment Weekly thing, I think I picked this up somewhere else, I'm crediting Ryan Johnson for encouraging J.J. Abrams in his way to potentially pursue something, you know, bigger, beyond, you know, crazier than he might have done just on his own, just to, you know, his own devices or anything like that. So there's that operating for you too. I know that, you know, puts a shudder down the spines of some folks, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, I gotta say, I feel like so far, at least visually speaking, this is already, just with the footage that we've seen so far, one of the most visually striking movies in the entirety of the Star Wars canon, and certainly for the sequel movies in general. Actually, I should be saying <laughs> the sequel movies in specific. I'll say that's the favorite talking and leave it at that. Um, there is also a note in there about improvising dialogue, about J.J. Abrams allowing the cast to improvise dialogue to give it a more natural feel, and that it kind of evokes some of the original trilogy in that regard. Well, you know, that's also kind of funny considering the whole Solo a Star Wars story thing, that improvisation might not have been accepted as well on that set, unfortunately. But yeah, I don't know. I think generally speaking, I'm a fan of that sort of thing. So it's nice to hear that they may have gone that route for The Rise of Skywalker. All right, what else can I tell you? Uh, let's see. So on Kijimi, the snow-dusted planet where we're going to encounter Zori Bliss, it looks like we are also going to have Rey there and Kylo Ren there and also a whole bunch of snowtroopers, including one who has a full cape, not just the skirt kind of thing. So yeah, I'm wondering if perhaps like Allegiant General Pride is hiding inside one of those things. I mean, that's just me wondering. I don't think that's really the case, but um, that's kind of fascinating in its own right. Um, we're hearing that uh, Ray and Finn and Poe are getting to infiltrate spaces together and that they're you know spending a lot more time together and that Ray is actually spending possibly more time with C-3PO than any other character in this movie which is rather shocking in its way. And more about Ray. So this is apparently a very heavy emotional story for Ray and 
She does apparently believe or is willing to believe the story that Kylo Ren told her about her parents. However, she still does believe that there's more to the story. And so it suggests that she's going to be pursuing some sort of closure for herself in this movie. There's a line also that's delivered by Oscar Isaac in the articles that Rey is not doing what people are telling her to do. That she's got her own mind and her own game plan on some of the stuff. So that's kind of fascinating. And let's see, what else? Um, uh, shucks, what else can I tell you? Oh, that J.J. Abrams said that her scavenger skills and her haggling skills are going to turn out to be essential to saving the galaxy, not just her Jedi skills. So there's that other facet too. And let's talk about um, the time frame and other sort of setup stuff after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. So according to the article, or one of the articles by James Hibbert for Entertainment Weekly, it is more than a year after the events of The Last Jedi. So I know that's a small point. It's not a year, it's more than a year, but you know, possibly less than two years, I guess. And according to the article, Finn and Poe have been on various missions to try to drum up support for the Resistance, but that they have not had any luck. We know that other missions were successful, like for example, the mission to Mon Cala to get some of the Mon Calamari back into the fight. But yeah, Finn and Poe apparently not doing so well in that regard. And so it does raise the question, of how exactly they're going to cobble together a giant fleet of ships to fight the First Order and who knows what else. We do know from the Entertainment Weekly article that Lando is a part of this and that Lando has his own history to face up to and that he's going to be doing that as part of this movie. So maybe, you know, there's something there to be learned about his involvement. I did notice in his character poster that he appears to be using a cane, which is, you know, probably also aligned with his situation in real life. But, you know, it's, it's kind of odd to see, you know, Lando with a cane and not for affectation. Like, you, you could see him doing in The Empire Strikes Back if left to his own devices and not being bothered by Imperial entanglements and whatnot. And I think we're going to stop there. There are a few other elements that I'm trying <laughs> to pull together, and I don't know if it's the fever or what, but just the, uh, the brain cells are not connecting just yet. But something about Rey and Kylo and their many encounters is coming together for me. And so um, I think that's what we'll be talking about on tomorrow's episode. And then, yeah, um, <laughs> we'll see where we go from there. But um, for today, that is going to do it. Thank you so much for joining me for it. I'm going to go get a couple of Advil and a big thing of water. <laughs> and I hope you're feeling very well wherever you happen to be. And uh, yeah, of course, as always, may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. 
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.